Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome to G. Cobb in the House this week. I'm Micah Warren, along with Bob Cunningham is joining me. I think Ron Glover's on the way shortly. Um, what's happening, Bob? Not a whole lot trying to make it through this lockout. Yeah, you know, and I have a little, not that I have it, I'm not reporting anything. I'm passing it along because I read it on the Internet. I guess it's breaking news, but I guess it's breaking news for Eagles fans. And then I thought about it again. I was like, I guess it's breaking news for Eagles fans in a lockout when we're really just dying for anything. So uh, Anthony Gargano on 610 WAP gave this this story a little more juice again today, too. Uh, And Ron, you with us? Yeah, I said love's on the line. Ron, you there? I'm here. What's happening, buddy? We're just getting started. Because um, okay. obviously the Plaxico Burris to the Eagles rumors have been out there, and I don't know if you guys saw this. And then today Anthony Gargano on 610 was all hyped up because Brandon Jacobs said that Plaxico wants to play. Well, uh, I just saw where, and uh, G put this up too, uh, Jeff McClain, who was probably you know, was pretty tapped into the Eagles, he's a beat writer, one more, he puts on Twitter, one more thing on Plaxico. All this talk about the Eagles being interested is coming from Plax's people, not the Eagles. Trust me on this. So he's essentially saying all this talk of the Eagles, I mean, because there's been numerous reports that Eagles are interested in birds. This is just another case, most likely, I mean, you never know, of him and his people trying to drive his market up. Uh, I don't know that the Eagles would be interested. This is the one thing, and I don't get your take on this. This is what... I was curious about Plaxico. Yes, the red zone offense needs help. Agreed. He's a big target. Even if he's lost a step, you know, he didn't lose any height. Um, isn't Riley Cooper kind of your big man? Isn't that what he's supposed to be? Well, he is. Um, Plaxico would... How tall is Plaxico? He's, what, 6'5"? Six five, six six, something like that. I can look that up. Yeah. Um. I know he could probably help on that fade route they've trying to they've been trying to perfect with uh, Hank Basket for the last six years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that you know never seems to work or never seems to be called at the opportune time. Right. Um. I, I think Plaxico could help the team, but I also like Riley Cooper as well. Um. The one thing you don't want to do is 
you know, these, these receivers in the team for the most part is pretty young, and the last thing you want to do is uh, knock anyone's confidence down the pack. Right. Um, I mean, if we get them, great. If not, I think we can work with the guys that we got. I'm fine either way. Yeah, what about you, Bob? I don't see plaques coming to Philly uh, for a few reasons. I mean, like you said, uh, they're trying to make Cooper that big man. That's why they drafted him. Uh, He'll probably get some more shots in the red zone. Um, Not only that, but Plax, if he comes in, he's going to be the fourth wide receiver Mm -hmm. at best. He ain't overtaken Deshaun, Macklin, or even Avon. So he's your fourth guy. You want your fourth guy to be able to play some special teams. 34-year-old Plax Burris isn't playing special teams. (laughs) Maybe putt blocks, field, field goal blocks. Yeah, I mean, what do you do? You keep him on the bench, and then you bring him in for the handful of plays where you're in the red zone. Now that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. I don't. He's going to want too much money for that, uh, and it just doesn't make sense for the Eagles. They they hurt their special teams, and they don't get a whole lot on the offensive side of it. I don't see it making any sense. All right, well, now that you're on that subject, what is Plaxico worth to a team? I'd have to think. You know, he'll work out for some teams or whatever when he's allowed and when he's. Uh, is he going to get more than a one-year deal, a prove-it deal? Maybe he gets the two-year like Michael Vick did because, really, the one-year was a rehab year. So if they did sign Vick to a, a one-year deal, they took the PR hit, and then they, he went and got good with somebody else. What's Burris worth? I don't know that – would you give him a million bucks for a year? If I'm the Eagles, I don't think I do because – and, Bob, you said it – they already they're deep at wide receiver. They don't they don't really need wide receiver help. That's not where this team is faltering. And he doesn't play special teams. I, I, if I'm the Eagles, I don't think they give him a million bucks. Somebody would, right? I think a team like Jacksonville would. I I just was thinking the places that could probably use him. I would say maybe a place like Jacksonville. I think he would probably get maybe more than a one year deal. Um, maybe two, two or three, but it would be so incentive laden until you know it would be more or less a make good deal. And I think a place like Jacksonville, which is you know kind of low key and off the radar, would uh, probably be good for him. Yeah, Tennessee, um, St. Louis could use some help. Yeah. So there's going to be a market for him. I'm just curious what someone pays him because if you're only one of a handful of teams that's interested. I mean, this guy's still got to get his legs back. Uh, you know, he was he was slowing down before he went to prison. So he'd have to be some kind of a – I just think he'd have to be a, such a special red zone target to the Eagles. I'm talking 10, 12 touchdowns for this season for them to even consider. I, I just I, – I don't I know. I, I understand why they're saying and, – and, and I don't know if you guys saw uh, – I don't know why I tortured myself watching NBC Sports Final on Sunday night um, with that game. I mean, he had a good point. Can Vic even play with Burris? Because part of his plea deal, or part of his um, his deal, was that he can't commiserate with ex ex cons. <laughs> he can't. And I mean, so what would happen there? What and, and you know, maybe even think, well, what does he do if he has a teammate that's been convicted of a felon? Well, isn't it kind of like a uh, they're more or less coworkers? Mm-hmm. I think that I think they would they could work their way around that. 
I would have to think somebody would have to do something, but because clearly I think that would illustrate not exactly. It's not like he's hanging out, you know. He's hanging out back in Virginia with people he's not supposed to be hanging out with. I mean, this is this is work. But right. I wonder to what degree that that would be be the case. But I don't know. I'm just kind of curious to see what he's got left in the tank. But when I heard all the rumors of the Eagles interested in him and everything, I just I don't know if you're going to address issues with this team. Is that where you would start? No way. I mean, that's for years that was the problem, but it's not anymore. That's definitely not the place to start. Uh, get this Cobb situation straightened out. Whether he's going to stay or go. Uh, look at that. Look at the cornerback situation. Yep. And show up that offense, those offenses and defensive lines. But well, you have linebackers in there too, but I guess it's not even worth discussing because they don't even care. Yeah, they they, they don't even value the, the linebackers. I don't know. I mean, this free agency is going to be interesting. I know it's tough on everybody because we said we had the draft and now we're waiting on free agency, so we don't know what they're going to do, what their plan is. You have to think they're players for Namdi, right? I would think so. Depending on what happens with Cobb. If they, what if they get Peterson for, um, for Cobb from Arizona? Do you still go after, still go after Namdi? No, not if you get Peterson. So I, I no. think that's... I think that's where we where we start at. With Kyle uh, Bob, would they ever do it? Would the Cardinals ever hand over Peterson? No, I don't think there's any way that happens. Uh, I think the NFL might uh, might have a problem with that. Uh, there'd be too much whispers of you know was there a wink nod deal from the beginning? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I think if the if the Eagles are going to get a corner from the Cards, it's going to be DRC. Um, no thanks. Even that, I don't know if they're going to part ways with him. Yeah, I don't know if I'd really want him. Really, I don't know if you'd want DRC. He's, I think he's he's had good, he's played well, but I don't think he's he's I don't think he's all that. I think I mean, well, I think so little of Cobb. I think if you got DRC only for Cobb, it would be an absolute fleecing in the end. But. Well, 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 you and I are kind of together on that one. I, I don't say I think so little, but when I hear people talking about first-round picks for this guy, he's going to be a GM killer. The GM that makes that move is going to get killed. He's gonna, I was just, yeah, he's going to result in a GM and head coach getting fired. I still can't put it together. And every time G puts something up on the site saying something about a team taking the first round, giving up a first-round pick for him, I can't fathom it. I won't believe it until it's done. That's how I'm looking at it. Well, you know what it is? And it really is. And come on, we watched, we watched every snap of Cobb's career probably, and we still don't have the kind of access to tape that other teams around the league has. Why is it we're seeing it and they haven't? First, I was on another show on this network um, with, uh, with Ray Ellisie, and his, his buddy was on, and very, very bright guy. I mean, this guy knows his stuff on just about every sport inside and out. And he was comp- he was comparing him to Aaron Rodgers as well, and he's not the only. A lot of people, very smart people, keep comparing him to Aaron Rodgers. I don't it's, see it's similarities crazy. other than that they sat. Yeah, but there's no similarities between Cobb and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you see Rodgers; he's uh, confident in the pocket, even with the beating he takes, he can still stand in the pocket. 
uh, he's got much more mobility than Cobb has. I mean, Cobb's got no get up and go at all. Uh, he's unbelievably shaky in the pocket. I mean, the guy looks like he's just going to start crying every time he plants his back foot. I mean, it's, it's sad. He's got no pocket presence. He's got no confidence. I wouldn't take him. I would give up a mid-round pick tops for Cobb. I don't understand the love. Uh, and with Aaron Rodgers, you know that ball's coming out of there. Yeah. Come hella high water. If he's got to take the shot, he's going to take that shot under his chin, but that ball's coming out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, and it's coming um, out like a rocket. Yeah. <laughs> and but with Cobb, I just – Got a noodle arm. It's just so hard to fathom, and I just can't believe it. I won't believe it until it's done. And I'm just waiting to see what team is going to give a, a first-round pick for this guy. I, I, I can't see anyone outside of Arizona or Seattle. Arizona seems Arizona. ready to do it. What's that? Arizona seems ready to do it. I mean, I, and anything about the Cardinals, you know, you, you read Kent Summers. He's the only guy really worth listening to. Yep. He seems... He seems uh, convinced that it's going to happen. The Cards are giving up a first-round pick, maybe more for Cobb. Yeah, all, I don't those, know all, why, those stories, all those stories back in 08 um, of the Eagles going after Fitzgerald and Bowman, and they were true. I, I know they were true. But Kent Summers just kept saying, I mean, he's like, it's not happening. They're not trading them. It's not happening. He was exactly right. Yep. I mean, last Summers, year he said, you know, McNabb, if he gets traded, it won't be to Arizona. He's not coming to Arizona. Well, there you go. Well, you know Arizona what? wasn't and, even interested. No, you're exactly right. And before before we headed to break, which I got to do in a minute, the whole stuff like when they, when they link these players to certain cities based on things that have nothing to do with business. Well, Donovan's from Chicago, so that doesn't have anything to do with where he gets traded. Oh, well, he's got a house in Arizona. No, oh, it's for the Cardinals. Let's get this guy. He already lives here. It'll be great. It's so yeah. stupid. We do. We do have to take a break. We'll get back. Uh, we'll get to some Phillies on the other side. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel fantasy sports is where the action really is over 40 million people play fantasy sports but rarely do they get to quiz the experts fantasy insights is the name and the game Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. 
Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on, it will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news, Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck, a no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. Oh, boy. Um, I'm about to get off on a tangent here. Uh, but I don't even know where to start with this. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, I'm sure you have them. If you don't know about a subject, do you, do you like going in public and talking about it? I mean, Sarah Palin on her stupid tour, whatever the hell it is, she goes to the to North Church in Boston and then starts spouting off about how Paul Revere warned the British with all those bells. This is second grade history, first grade history. I've never, I, I've never heard that before in my life. What did she say? What did she say? She, she, no. she said that Paul Revere, and you have to watch the clip because it's just typical stuttering. And well, they, uh, you know, uh, warned the British. And I'm like, well, what's turning in your head that you didn't know this? And when you warned them with all those uh, bells, and don't you know? And at least Michelle Bachman knew to shut it after a while. That every time she opened her mouth about history, no good came of it. And and seriously, you guys, when you go to a historical site or something, or you're visiting in our class trip, whatever, when you visit that site, don't you know more about that particular site or whatever it is more that day than you ever will in your life because you just went there and you just learned about it? And now it comes out of ten, you get briefed on it before you even get there, so you won't say anything stupid. God. I mean, it's like she had headphones on when the tour guide was, was talking. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just saw that, and I just kept, I just, like, you're not going to catch me on this show, like, waxing intellectual about Shakespeare, and there's a reason. I don't know anything about it, so I'm smart enough to keep my mouth shut, but God, it, it's more entertainment than anything, I guess, now that she's not running for vice president, because she has no chance to win, so it is kind of just like a comedy tour. The, the sad part is if she decides, when, when she announces she's running for president, she's I'm scared to death she will get the Republican nomination. You know, I, I can't disagree completely, Bob, because the field is such a, I mean, it's, it's a full-on circus. You know, anybody, all, all Republicans that hate Obama, you better do something about it, because he's getting four more years with the way you guys are going. Oh, it, it's her capacity. I mean, these people really think Sarah Palin has something to offer. She's a clown, an absolute clown. I don't understand why she's such a media darling, why anyone gives a damn what she has to say about, honestly, anything. It's downright hysterical. Tell me, though, you wouldn't pay for tickets if you debate between her and Bachman. <laughs> 
I mean, that's, that's oh, my TV right there. It's, oh, okay. it's yeah, I don't get off the politics. I know we're supposed to be talking sports, but I just saw that and I thought, my Lord. <laughs> I mean, you'd think she'd learn by now, but uh, anyway. So anyway, we had an uh, interesting week with the Philadelphia Phillies. They got uh, Shane Victorino coming back, which any bat that comes back to that lineup is welcome. Uh, at least had a good effect in the lineup, even if he's not tearing the cover off the ball. He's hitting it on the screws, though, uh, and he's been driving some balls. He's had some really good at-bats. Um, so you, you hope this lineup gets better. Now, when Shane Victorino came back, obviously you got to make room on the roster, and there's only so many times you can get rid of David Herndon. At a certain point, he's not on the roster anymore. You can't keep sending him away. But so they were talking about sending a bat down, and it came up that Ben Francisco had an option left. I mean, even some of the closest MLB people that cover the team were surprised to realize he's got an option left. And it looks like John May- Mayberry Jr. Is, gonna, is the guy that got sent down. Would you guys like to have seen him get a few more at-bats? Maybe you say, with Francisco, at least I know what I got, and I'm sick of seeing fastballs down the heart of the plate getting popped up to second. I think with Mayberry, that's probably, hopefully for him, it's a blessing in disguise by being sent down because he will get the chance to play every day. Mm-hmm. Um. Hopefully, he'll get brought back up, maybe for the postseason or something like that. I'd love to see him stay up here. Um, did they keep? Mar- I heard they kept Martinez. Yeah, awesome. I mean, maybe he should have been the guy that was sent down. He's but terrible. I think, well, he's, you know, good. I just would have liked to see him maybe very stay, but hopefully he'll get their bats down there and get, you know, more experience and maybe come up for the postseason. That that has to be the thought process, doesn't it? I mean, like you said, you know what you have in Francisco. Is he going to get any better taking AAA at-bats? Probably not. Mayberry, on the other hand, might. So, you know, get him some experience, maybe let him tear the cover off the ball in AAA, Mm -hmm. bring him back up with some confidence. And uh, like you said, Francisco, you're really just stashing him in AAA. Maybe they feel like... Mayberry can move forward, take a couple steps forward with some Triple A time, but um, yeah, keeping Martinez just—they well, you know what the reasoning is behind that. On those Rule Five picks, well, so that, that's the reasoning behind it. So, well, he's a Rule Five guy. Um, <clears throat> I don't care. Offer him back. Uh, I mean, uh, do you crap, think the Nationals crap. are taking him? Huh? Do you think the Nationals are going to take him back? <laughs> the Dodgers didn't want Victorino back, and look how that turned out. They offered him back, and they said, no, you can keep him. So, yes, yeah, first of all, Nationals aren't going to take him, so you could probably keep him. But if it's crap, it's crap. And this is my problem. It's like um, Dennis Miller said years ago, he's like, these cheap clothing stores have these two-for-one sales. Like, two of crap is crap. If they really want to screw you, they'd give you three of them. It's mm. junk. I don't care if you have to offer him back. Crap is crap. And Michael Martinez, all he really gives you is versatility when people get hurt. Play all over the field. Mm-hmm. And that would be great for stashing AAA. Yeah, what's that wrong with Delwyn Young? What's the deal with uh, Delwyn Young? Uh, I don't know. We'll find out. I mean, wasn't he brought here to uh, kind of an insurance policy for uh, Utley? And we haven't seen him. Let's see what the latest is on Delwyn. <sighs> You're right, I haven't seen him. He is... Oh, he's, oh, he's playing tonight. He's on the Pirates. 
He's where? And he's hit. He's, he's with the Pirates hitting two thirty six. He'd be he'd be hitting third in this lineup for the Pirates. <laughs> I don't know where he's hitting from Pittsburgh, but he's hitting two thirty six. Uh, seven home runs. Not terrible. Jeez. Oh, but yeah, the whole Michael Martinez thing. Uh, you know, I think I think John Mayberry probably got screwed the most by Raul Banez that waking up. Because it was looking like Abanez was going to have to take a serious seat for a while. And they're going to have to see what they had in Mayberry and let him play every day. And then Abanez, you know, got the bat going again. And I wonder if that's kind of why Mayberry was extend- ex- expendable. Probably. Yeah. You know, Vic- Victorino comes back. Don Brown's in right. But the thing with Francisco, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I have a... All the people at the beginning of the year, like, oh, finally Ben Francisco's going to play every day. This, that's there's a reason he wasn't a starter before. You don't want him playing every day. These people are shocked that the guy is really not that good. He's a nice bench player. Other than that, I don't know what people thought they were getting out of Ben Francisco. I mean, I didn't expect the same production. You know, you could be, that they got out of work or anything close, but I expected better than this. I mean, he's just. It, it's been nothing. Well, two twenty four is not nothing, Bob. Well, <laughs> it's pretty close to Michael Martinez. Nothing. So <laughs> they boy, they do have some stinkers. This is a lineup that was two, three years ago was just you know even take back to early '09. It was Murderers Row. They the best best lineup in baseball. Uh, you, you know, a year and a half later, well, t- two years later. And they can't find a way to score runs against really some of these pitchers. Is not they're making them look really good. Ty Clipper is not a very good pitcher, and he shut them down the other night. Now, do you guys worry that you can look at it and say, "Well, the Phillies, you know, it's not the best record. It's one of the best records in baseball." I'm not sure where it is stand today, but uh, you say, "Well, they haven't even played their best baseball, and they've still, you know, they're still this, this uh, in this situation." And you think, well, you're getting Utley back, you get Victorino back, maybe this lineup's going to have some pop back in, or do you think this is what it is? They're going to have to find a way to just win with by gutting out two to one games. It's a dangerous way to play. Yeah. Despite, despite the pitching staff, it's it's a dangerous way to play. And I mean, as far as us, and you know how we're thinking, we're thinking, okay, you know, August they'll pick it up. This team's not getting any younger. And August isn't far away. So, I mean, to keep relying on the pitching staff and hoping to win 2-1, to 3-2, to two, I mean, we can't play like that. Well, and what effect does this lineup have on the pitching staff? I'll ask this because, uh, obviously, people are getting on Cliff Lee a little bit. He hasn't been great lately. Um, I wonder to what effect, even the great ones, the Cliff Lees and Hallidays, the mental toughness that these guys have, how can it not wear on you that when you go out there, you think, if I give up a run, we're going to lose? How can that not affect how you pitch? Yeah, you'd think it has to. And, and I, something you see with this lineup uh, over the years, I mean, especially when Jamie Moyer was pitching, it seemed like, you know, Hamels, God forbid they could give him two runs. Jamie Moyer, 15 runs. And they might lose sometimes. But, I mean, they just started swinging and swinging, and it was ridiculous the amount of runs they would put up for Moyer. Hamels, nothing. And now, you it see is it with, now they've got four pitchers they can give nothing to. 
So uh, they take the pitchers for granted. Is it? I mean, I guess it's possible. Um, but, you know, at some point they have to even sit here and realize, right, that, all right, we can't rely on Cliff Lee's three RBIs every time he, he goes out there. I mean, that's what, that's, now you're asking the pitchers to hit. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just worried about this lineup, and I got made fun of all spring training because you lose Utley and Worth is gone, and this is a lineup last year that struggled big time for long periods of time. And everything was supposed to be magical. Okay, why? Because I got Michael Martinez. Like this is this is still an incredible team. But remember, this is because people say, "Oh, you guys are complaining or whatever." No, because this is World Series or bust. This is not a team that back in 2007, remember when they got to the playoffs, was like, "Oh my God, that's so cute! They made the playoffs." This isn't that. Yeah, they're not the Sixers. Yeah, right. He's like, "Oh, we'll play the Heat." Hey, we took the game. That's great. Can't yeah. be happy to get there. I mean, I think we're all pretty confident they get into the playoffs. I don't think that's going to be a problem. But, man, they, they can't have the bats go out like this. I mean, we'll see what happens. We got uh, they got a, a hit tonight through two. All right. They're on fire. Hey, save some for the weekend, guys. Um, we do have to take a break, though. We'll come back and talk some NBA finals here on G Cobb in the house on voiceamericasports.com. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports
you're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. Back here on G Cobb in the house, I'm Michael Warren along with Ron Glover and Bob Cunningham. We've been talking a little football, a little baseball. I'll touch on basketball. You know, we don't. I don't really want to get into the finals too much. I mean, you got Shaq retiring today, and Ron. I thought of you when I thought of this. I don't know if this means anything. It probably means nothing, but I, I figured this year's NBA Finals is the 20th anniversary from UNLV Duke. Remember that? I know we were big UNLV fans. Yeah. We, yeah. we have a black and red team loaded with superstars against a blue team with some talented white guys that could shoot. Is that a parallel, Ron? Yeah. Year anniversary. <laughs> that's, a, that's a heck of a parallel. <laughs> it means absolutely nothing. I thought of that. I was proud of myself. I was like, that means absolutely nothing. Thanks for that grim reminder. Yeah, I know, I know. Hey, dark day for both of us uh, as UNLV fans. That was, that was bad news. Uh, but so you guys see Shaq retired today, and I know a lot of people are talking about like, top centers of all time. I don't want to get into that too much because you can argue whatever. But they, so, so I was listening to some people do their top five centers, and they're like, well, Shaq's not in it. Do you think, and does this happen in sports, where sometimes we remember, like when a guy like Shaquille O'Neal retires, and we, we tend to remember the recent history and forget just how dominant this guy was? There was a time where your team either had Shaq or you didn't. And that went a long way towards whether or not you won. Do you think people are just kind of forgetting because they're remembering broken down Shaq that can't do much on the floor? I mean, when this guy, not too long ago, is unguardable. I've heard some people say, and this is while he was still playing, they always felt like he just didn't seem, for all of his dominance, that he just didn't seem totally consumed with the game. You know, maybe how maybe how Chamberlain was or Russell or Jabbar or Walton. He just had so many other things going on until it just really seemed like, you know, basketball was just something to do that he knew how to do really well. Right. Well, I've heard yeah, that I mean, from a couple of people. It's possible. You get guys like um, like Shaq and then, you know, like the Williams sisters, Serena and Venus. They have other things going on, and I can't necessarily blame him. I mean, unless you want unless you want him to take the blame for Kazam and blue chips. Wasn't a bad move. I actually have a cousin that will admit that he saw Kazam twice in the theater. <laughs> What happens when you don't like your job and you go to the movies on your lunch break? <laughs> but but in all honesty, I feel like because I feel like that's kind of what happened to Donovan in, in Philadelphia when it was time for him to leave, and maybe it was you know at least in the business decision, you have three guys left, uh, right. three guys with one year on their contract. Vic just got here, Cobb's a cool kid, you know I, you know you can see it. But the people on his way out tried to remember for you know maybe the last couple of Dallas games, though that was his career here. And I'm wondering, do we do that in sports when we try and, you know, uh, whether a player gets traded or retires and we try and put it, him in historical context? 
do we need a few years before you can accurately include these guys or try and find their place in history? I, I think so in some cases because, you know, most of the time you're, you're reacting off of emotion. Like with the McNabb deal, it was all, you know, let's just get him out of here. He hasn't won anything. And then, you know, everything else surrounding him. So it was pretty much, let's just get him out of here and move on. I think as time goes on, you know, things will, you know, everyone will soften up and eventually he'll be appreciated. That's my hope for him anyway. Yeah, it's my hope too. I'm a big Donovan guy, so uh, I do hope that happens. Um, obviously, uh, yeah, just to change the subject to football, because I'd much rather talk about football than basketball right now. Um, do you guys, either you guys buying the, the, the notion that John Beck is going to go in with the chance to earn the job for Washington? Because we all know Donovan's gone. That didn't work out in Washington for whatever reason you want to name. There's probably 50 reasons. John Beck, really? Really? Are we supposed to believe that? And if I'm Dan Snyder, I would call Shanahan in my office and be like, are you serious? And if he's like, no, I'm just putting smoke screens out, I'd be like, all right, go ahead, go back to what you're doing. <laughs> Because if he said, yeah, 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 I really like him, he'd be like, you know, we got to move in another direction. The guy has one career touchdown pass. And he's 30 years old. Yeah, I, I bet that uh, uh, little Kyle is probably best pals with him. So daddy will start back. It's pathetic. The whole situation out there in Washington, Kyle Shanahan, he just comes across like a sniveling little ingrate who just needs backhanded a few times. Mm-hmm. And daddy is just, so off in his own little world, he still thinks he's the genius who won Super Bowls back in the late 90s. Thank you, John Elway. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand what in the hell Shanahan is thinking. He's lost. I'm not a Shanahan guy at all, and I couldn't agree more on the whole Kyle thing. I just saw a report, was it a week or so ago, someone was <clears throat> talking about how he has a lot more juice as to what happens with that offense than one would think. This is a guy that had came in with one year of coordinator experience that he had in Houston. Oh, who was the head coach? Gary Kubiak. How did he get that job? The backup yeah. quarterback on his dad's Super Bowl team. How did he pull that off? Yep. So he got and that he... job, and then he gets the job with his dad. Oh, that's great. What has this guy done to earn all this power? Who is he? He's, he's, he's my son of an overrated head I mean, coach. He deserves to be a coordinator as much as Jim Zorn deserved to be the head coach when he was hired first as the quarterback's coach, then the offensive coordinator, then the head coach. It, one makes just as much sense as the other. Surprise, surprise. It's a move that happens under Danny Boy. It's a joke. Well, you know what, though, and I will say this. I've softened on Dan Snyder a little bit because as much as he has meddled for too long, He's had his hands on things. I think he's arrogant. I think he's not a very likable guy. Uh, I think he's a lot, very misguided at times. You can't think he doesn't try to win. Wait, don't work, and they blow up. He does try. You know, bringing in Bruce Allen and Shanahan seemed like a decent idea at the time, didn't it? But they've always found ways to, to screw up. Mike Shanahan. I mean, but Mike Shanahan hadn't won a thing since '98. When you look, he was coasting off that while in Denver. After '98, I think he had one playoff win. One. That's the guy you bring in, throw a ton of money at. He's going to turn your franchise around. I mean, well, I that's know. why they always talk about like, hey, he won a Super Bowl. 
You know, I was watching last night. They had top ten Raiders. We're going to go ahead and get into that, too. Top ten Raiders of all time and top ten Cowboys of all time. I mean, let me tell you something about NFL Network. I eat that crap up. Top ten anything, hit record. I got a ton of them stored, and, and I'm always in trouble with the wife. She's like, do you need all these? Yes. <laughs> so they had top ten Raiders of all time, and they were talking about Plunkett versus Stabler. Is that even a discussion? Ken Stabler is just a flat-out better quarter. Well, Plunkett's got two Super Bowls. Yeah. Oh, not, not the, to, the, to, his, to his defense. I mean, Plunkett just did enough not to lose those games. Second, yeah, he was, for the second Super Bowl, he had Marcus Allen. Yeah, who did nothing that game, right, other than running for 194 yards? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Marcus Allen in the second Super Bowl uh, in 80, he had a dominant defense. Jaworski, you know, I guess you saw Rod Martin in green. <laughs> and, um, you know, but... I always like sneaking. I think it's a shame he's not in the hall. I agree completely. I agree completely. Uh, I'm, I'm a big uh, Stabler fan. But my, my bigger point is, do you guys value the championships the way other people do? They make it, like, all of a sudden, Dan Marino is terrible. Jim Kelly is less of a... It's Jim Kelly's fault. It, 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 it's a complete joke the way uh, quarterbacks are judged by Super Bowls. I mean, and it's laughable. Whenever anyone talks about McNabb, especially, it's, oh, well, how many rings does he have? So he's automatically a worse quarterback than Trent Dilfer. He's automatically yeah. a worse quarterback than Doug Williams. You know, give me a break. I yeah. mean, come on. Dan Marino well, must be terrible. It, it, when they talk about top five quarterbacks of all time, Dan Marino's not mentioned. It's because of the Super Bowl, and it's a mm-hmm. joke. It's a complete joke. And we talk about Terry Bradshaw as one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Give me a break. The guy had a 70 career passer rating. He rode his defense to four Super Bowls. Yippee and they ran the ball. They, they didn't ran he throw the ball. Then he throw more interceptions than touchdowns? If he didn't, those numbers are pretty close. I don't think His interception so. to touchdown ratio is. I think he threw a, bit, a few more touchdowns than interceptions. Okay. Joe Namath. I knew it was pretty not. close to being. Joe Namath, Joe Namath had two years in the NFL where he threw more touchdowns than picks. That's it. But because he won that Super Bowl and because of the guarantee, he's listed as the 100th best player of all time. But, you know. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, I did read this a while ago, but, you know, obviously we know, think about that kind of stuff, that he didn't beat another above 500 team after that Super Bowl. Name it. Mm-hmm. And he did nothing in that Super Bowl. I think he threw for 180 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. He was there. Yeah, Snell scored about um, but, but you're right. I mean, and, and it's tough to go on Bradshaw's numbers in terms of yardage and that kind of thing because the league was so different back then. Right. But touchdowns and picks and that ratio, that you absolutely can go on. Mm-hmm. And not just that defense. That was Harrison Blyer. I mean, it, it's so funny. I watched, I watched the, uh, I was watching the first half of the, the Rams and Steelers uh, Super Bowl in 1979 with their rerun the broadcast. It is so funny to watch how different the game is. It is. Aragamo didn't show that a lot. Target. What's that? They show that one a lot. That particular I Super Bowl. It's one of my favorites. Absolutely one of my favorites. And and I was watching you know play by play. So I started thinking. I was like, I don't think Ferragamo's even thrown to a wide receiver, let alone completed one. <laughs> Everything was like to Wendell Tyler and McCutcheon mm-hmm. out of the backfield. It's just such 
answer. I mean, do you guys know this? Do you know how many thousand yard seasons Len Swan had? He's in the Hall of Fame. None. Zero. Can you hold that against no. him? Obviously not. He's in the Hall of Fame because he made these NFL films catches in the Super Bowl. I'm not knocking the big catch. I'm not at all. But I know the game was different. Does this should Swan be in? I mean, I don't know. You, you talk about the different era of, you know, there was a whole lot of running and everything. Uh, and it might come across as slightly hypocritical to knock Bradshaw and then say, you know, Lynn Swan deserves it. But Bradshaw just wasn't very efficient. Lynn Swan caught the balls that were thrown his way. Word. Oh, yeah, I mean, you, you know, can't blame him for that necessarily. I'm looking up Bradshaw's stats here. Um, pro football reference could all flash, but come on. I love pro football reference. Career. Best, yeah, best, best website. Career completion percentage, 51.9. Yeah. And John Elway is at like 56.7 or 56.8. Mm-hmm. This is surprising. Ooh, 24 picks is, wow, 210 picks. Wow. Sorry. So, Bob, I think you win there. Slightly more TDs, 212 touchdowns to 210 picks. Yeah, I thought it was something Good. like that, just a few, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do you – come on. You talk about him as one of the best of all time. I don't care that it's a different era. You, two more touchdowns and picks? Come on. Yeah, that's uh, that's not good. But we we do take a break. We'll get back to the final segment. I want to get your thoughts on, on the uh, Cowboys' top ten list. Uh, but we'll come right back here on GCOB in the house. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you think that all of the generic financial information you get every day is hard to navigate? You need to tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook. Every weekend, Andreas Duffy will help you filter out this information and turn it into wisdom that you can really use. Be informed about the financial decisions you're about to make instead of just blindly making decisions. Andre's connections in the business and professional sports world will help you so you don't need to worry about your financial success. Tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. Tired of the same mundane talk radio show, boring opinions, and people not knowing or telling the truth? Tune into The Sports Life with Josh and Otis. This show is brought to you by two men who know the good, the bad, and the ugly of professional sports. Josh and Otis's experience and careers in the NFL give them access to the inside information and a reason to have a candid opinion. Tune into the Voice America Sports Channel Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific. The Sports Life with Josh and Otis. It's more than sports talk. It's a way of life. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. Back for our final segment here on GCOB in the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Michael Warren along with Bob Cunningham and Ron Glover. And we tried to talk some basketball for 30 to 40 seconds, and it ended up uh, with football because I just think it's so much more fun to talk about football. So I'm watching the other night, and let me know if you guys think running more of these. NFL Network was running these top ten Raiders of all time. I came in around four on that, and then I saw top ten Cowboys of all time, and my wife's just, you know, her eyes light up when I see that stuff. Um, so I'm watching the top ten Cowboys of all time. Of course, these lists are made to be argued with. That's why they're it's brilliant programming because now you got idiots like myself, you know, talking about this stuff. I couldn't think of who the top cowboy was. You know how they get to the top of the list, like any of those like VH1 all time songs or hip hop songs that I was watching the other day, and you're getting closer. Like, oh my god, which one could it be? They're getting closer, and Staubach was two, and. I'm thinking, who's the number one cowboy? Who's the number one cowboy? Turns out it's Tom Landry. Talk about, come on, that doesn't count. Yeah. So, there's a, so I'm watching the other count down the top ten. Is a guy that's not on that list that I think, please correct me if I'm wrong, how is Larry Allen not on that list? I was just going to yeah, we're thinking the same thing. I was just going to say he might be the best cowboy. Number ten on the list was Pierce was a great receiver. Larry Allen, people talk about as one of the greatest guards of all time. Does anyone think that Drew Pierce, does his name ever come up as one of the greatest receivers of all time? No. I, Good. It's all hype. Uh, I just don't know. It, maybe I'm crazy how Larry Allen isn't even listed on, on there. No, I mean, you know, I'm definitely not. I would say you're not crazy. That's he. Man, I would. Yeah, I, mean, I think he has to be in consideration as the very best. I think he could, too. You know what's funny? Because we're thinking alike on that. As it got closer and Staubach was two, I was like, oh, my God, Larry Allen is going to be number one. I was like, he has to be because he wasn't on the list. Yeah. He wasn't on the top ten list. So I'm thinking he's got to be there, so I guess he's one. Ron, where do you put Drew Pearson as far as wide receivers? Do you think he's... Drew Pearson? Yeah. I mean, he's a great receiver, but really? No. Nah. No, he's, he's not even on the radar. I think Larry Allen should be on the list of just being able to bench press 700 pounds. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he was one of the few guys who saw a man handle Reggie White. Yeah. And uh, one of the probably five greatest offensive linemen ever. Yeah, I mean, just an absolute baller. Uh, and uh, one of the other things that irritated me about this list, uh, Emmett Smith obviously was on it. He's the all-time leading rusher. You can't can't keep him off. Michael Irvin's on there talking about, oh, it was just so disappointing that he went to the Cardinals. And he almost didn't make this list because he played for the Cardinals. What world do you people live in? The NFL is this is not the '60s anymore. People play elsewhere. Well, I can't I can't go play for the Cardinals and earn pick up an extra nine million over the next two years. 
oh, no, I couldn't because it'll, it's not the same. What? I mean, am I the only one that hears that and thinks, you stupid? That's just not the yeah. way it is anymore. Does that feel took that decision away from Irvin? So, I mean, he, he can he can say that. The decision was made for him. No, you're exactly right. What if he was coming to the end of the road? Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, the Falcons were going to give him a year or two. You're not allowed to go anywhere else? I don't get that. You know, and, and while we're at it, Aikman's decision was made for him. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just the concussions. He had something else really wrong with him that wasn't publicized at the time. Uh, Daryl Johnson's decision was made for him. You know, you mention it. It's easy to say, but when you've got – you're the all-time leading rusher and somebody's still going to pay you to play, I, I don't know what the big deal is about that. And not only that, that it was a shame to see him in a Cardinals uniform, blah, blah, blah. Should you even consider not having someone on the list if they played elsewhere? Yeah, that's like you're not going to put Dawkins on – in consideration for best Eagles because he's playing in Denver right now. Reggie White because he made because he won a Super Bowl with Green Bay. I mean, come on. All right, so now you got me thinking, Bob. Randall Cunningham because he played for the Vikings. You know, it's a, I. I don't know that he's a top ten Eagle. I'm throwing out names. McNabb because he's playing for the Redskins now. It, it, no, those I'll give you because Donovan makes it. Dawkins make it Reggie White. Who's the number one Eagle of all time? I don't know. Maybe I should come up with this list. Chuck Bednarik. It's got to be Bednarik or Reggie White, right? Yeah. I mean, that was. I wanted to say Reggie right away, but Bednarik. All right, we got to say Ray Ellis, too, because the producer just sent me a message. Our our producer and our boss, Ray Ellis, I'll get him up there. He knows. Hey, he's he's my favorite of all time. He knows that. But I, I would think it's got to be Bednarik or Reggie White. Yeah, I mean, the last 60-minute man could have gone to the hall at two different positions. Yeah. Yeah. So, Reggie how many White. guys can you say that about? Yeah, probably be Bednarik and then and Reggie White. Ron, who, who do you think? Top Eagle of all time. I mean, Steve Van Buren gets on the list, right? Probably. I mean, that, he scored. He was scoring 15 touchdowns when they only played what 10, 12 games. He's yeah. killing people. That's why I love Brian Westbrook. But the whole thing that he's the best Eagles running back of all time is, is nonsense. It's got to go to Van Buren. Yeah. You got Van Buren, McNabb, Randall might get on there, but you got what guys like you know, Pios and, and, and other guys that are in the Hall of Fame, so they'd have to get in. They're just so much less fun to vote for because. The game just wasn't as much fun to watch back then. And I was dead. I wasn't even alive. Yeah. Um, a guy that I would throw my hat, uh, throw my support behind, but it would probably never happen, John Runyon. Hands down, I would say one of the greatest Eagles of all time. He completely oh, turned that offensive line around he, and he made them uh, a championship caliber team during the last decade. I'll give you he's one of the greatest Eagles all time. I don't know that he would make the top ten. But I I, I would gather a top ten like this is kind of made when (laughs) it's almost like doing your wedding invite list. You don't know who's going to make it until you start putting those names on there and be like, oh, some of these just aren't going to fit. I don't know that Runyon would make it in when when you got all the other guys in, but I agree he's he's one of the greatest Eagles of all time. I put Trey Thomas in there, too. Trey Thomas, yeah. I mean, the stability, the durability of both of them. But for as good as Trey was, I think it was Runyon coming over, 
from Tennessee that completely transformed the offensive line and allowed Reed to do what he wanted to do that got them so much success uh, during the early part of the decade. So, Well, anytime you got those bookends, absolutely. But, Bob, we should think about this. Maybe the if I had the energy... I would do it, if not for the fact that I choose not to, to put together a top ten list of the Eagles. But, I mean, I'm going to keep an eye on NFL Network. Uh, if they're just doing it for certain teams, or if, you know, they've got to come up with content, too. They've got nothing. There's only so many times you can say, well, the judges and the lawyers met again today. God, yeah, and nothing happened. Move on. Here's Albert Breer. Yeah. <laughs> it's painful. But, anyway, look, that is our time for this week. I want to thank Ron Glover. I want to thank Bob Cunningham for joining me, guys. It's always fun hanging out with you on Friday night. We will do it again soon. This is G. Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Have a great weekend. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G. Cobb in the house with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.